Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is episode 113 of Nintendo World Report's connectivity podcast, Never Got Wet. We've got two segments for you on the show. First up is an old school newscast with Neil, Scott, and Zach. And after that, they fade into a little bit of what we've been playing. And then we've got a bonus segment on dinosaurs at the end of the show. Enjoy the episode. everyone and welcome to the gamers without jobs podcast uh or connectivity uh on this segment we're going to be talking about games we've been playing and uh we're also going to talk a little bit of news we're recording this thursday night um so the day when the all the mpd stuff came out and we found out aren't so hot for the uh for the wii u and well the 3ds is doing okay but 3ds is doing perfectly fine um 3ds sold 770,000 units over the month of November, uh, was an increase by 100% over the month prior. Um, and now lifetime, it's uh, 10 and a half million units. And this is all just in North America. But it, it's it's streak atop the, the console charts, yeah, or hardware that, charts, that I guess, end, came to an end, the, obviously. The PS4 and the Xbox One, the Xbox One was on the market for eight days. The PS4 was on the market for 15 Mm-hmm. Um, they sold, I forget the exact numbers because I'm focusing on Nintendo news here, but they were both north of 900,000 in wow. eight and 15 days each. Yeah. That's insane. Well, they, they, they had announced that both of them, yeah. uh, had announced those, those numbers themselves even way before MPD. Yeah. I, th- uh, I think Microsoft announced their shit yesterday. Microsoft, uh, pushed 2 million units across the paltry ma- amount of territories that they launched in. And I think Sony's over 2 million units as well. Yeah, and that's, well, Sony, that's, the I PlayStation Four release through. I think, yeah, I think I, that's what it is. I know for Microsoft because I think they got crap because I think they said there was one million units in retailers on launch day. So Major Nelson made made the little douchebag point to just be like, and these were all sold to consumers. Yeah, but um, for comparison, uh, the Wii U in its first month, uh, crap. I wish I had this in front of me because I looked it up when the Microsoft news came out. But basically, uh, both the Xbox One and the PS4 are on pace to top Wii U in its first month and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I guess at this point isn't that big of a surprise. But just in case you guys are out there thinking that, like, oh, well, the Wii U did good at launch. It's like, yeah, the Wii U didn't do bad at launch. But the PS4 and the Xbox One are doing way better. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I mean, well, the, this is good, apparently. Launch, launch was not a problem for Wii U. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't bad. It was, I think, a notch above the PS3, not as yeah. high as a 360 or, or Wii. Um, but now yeah. we're kind of in, like, DEFCON. I don't know. It, it goes down, right? DEFCON 1 would be terrible, or is it, like, DEFCON 3 is terrible? I'm not even sure. 3 but is no, terrible. It, the higher you go, bad. the worse it gets. Okay, we're on, like, DEFCON 11. Maybe DEFCON <laughs> 9 million to go with the amount of Wii U's that they think they're going to sell from April 1st, 2013 to March 31st, 2014. Oh, my gosh. Um, like so over that will. year period, right now we are in month 8 of 12 in that year period. And as far as I know, and a lot of this is kind of unconfirmed numbers, they might be at a million units. Oh. At 8 months. So because bad. we knew that uh the first 6 months, this is this is confirmed they were at uh a little under 500,000. We know that in North America, I believe they sold they sold 232 or 230,000 around there. I've heard a couple of different reports. Oh, when you said there. 232, I thought you meant total. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, no, um, um, 230,000 um, was the month for November 2013, this past month. Um, and I think October was something like a 80 or 100, maybe. It wasn't like, no. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible. It was an improvement over, maybe it was more than that. I'm not, I'm not sure of that exact number, but regardless, they're probably, uh, you know, a, a little over a million uh, worldwide for this fiscal year, oh, which would put wow. them at, at about four and a half, five million worldwide, something like so that. So how long does this have to go on before somebody fires a water? My question. Um, I think the end of the fiscal year. I think they bought enough time that the end of the, March thirty first, two thousand fourteen, could be uh, the beginning of some shit going down at Nintendo. Mm. Um, I would say yeah. that this yeah. is. Um, I haven't mainly because this happened on my way home, and then I ate dinner and didn't really do a lot of uh, mindless research that I've done recently um, when it comes to all these numbers. But I know that the Dreamcast, at this point in its life, was already at ten million units. Oh my like god! That. Or I think. Uh, that I don't know. Uh, basically, the Dreamcast was doing way better. Well, the, okay, so the Dreamcast was discontinued. Um, I guess in the Wii U's life cycle, it would have been discontinued in March, January, or something like that, like the upcoming January or March. And yeah. at the end, its total sales, I think, was $10 million. Um, Now you got to look up the Saturn. Yeah, okay, okay. I actually did, because um, someone <laughs> brought that up. The Saturn was at $9.5 million for its entire life. Um, the Saturn did very, very bad. Yes, yeah. it did. Um, but I, I think it's the virtual honestly, boy of Sega consoles. Uh, well, that, okay. I mean, I made the comment, the, the somewhat bold comment on Twitter, talking about all this, saying that this is, you know, there's no comparison for this. And then people threw out, "Oh, the virtual boy sold seven hundred seventy thousand in its entire <laughs> lifetime." And I, I think there's some argument to be made that the virtual boy isn't really a serious home console. No. It was like a hybrid portable weird thing. Someone also yeah. tossed out the 3DO. I would also argue that I'm sorry, Panasonic making a fucking video game system <laughs> is an illegitimate home console. Um, but I mean, I think the Saturn comparison's apt, um, and we all know how that eventually ended. Uh, fortunately, mm-hmm. Nintendo has a lot more financial reserves, but I think that there's probably going to be a lot less patience. Well, yeah, and Nintendo has a... a and- second very well pretty successful device right now you know so it's not like they they're completely tied into one thing um so there's that but yeah it is kind of yeah like i startling and it's it it does make you wonder if there's just going to be a a console reboot sooner than you know than this past generation we just came from where every console lasted what was it seven seven eight years well the the wii was the shortest one and that was six okay the xbox was eight and the PS3 was, or no, the Xbox was nine. The PS3 was eight. Okay. And I would argue the PS3 is still alive and kicking. Uh, the 360 is mostly, well, I guess the 360 has some third party stuff. And I think the Fable port of the like anniversary collection, I think that's a 360 game. But you know, what's, yeah. what's really sad about all this is that, I mean, you and me and Scott and, and all of us have talked and the RFN guys, we all know how to solve the problem. Or, you know, supposedly. Well, do we? Do we? Well, that's the thing. I mean, How would we, we solve we've the thrown problem, out. Zach? Enlighten me. No, no. I, I'm saying we've all thrown out really good ideas. Like, don't name it the Wii U. Or, you know, to let people know it's a different system. Or, you know, all sorts of things that, that should have been done at the beginning. And 
I just I have to. Marketing, I have to think that the people at Nintendo fail. are smart people, right? They're smart people. Yeah. I why, mean, why didn't they think of these things? Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe communication from the maybe smart people lower down isn't getting to the the people at top who well, are making th- the decisions. I, I don't think, know. I think you're on the right track, Scott. From the scuttlebutt that I've heard, um, or you know, people that I know and stuff like that. Um, this comes from, uh, from NCL, uh, the whole, the, the owners, uh, I mean that, you know, the parent company of Nintendo right. of America, everyone's quick to blame Reggie and no, no, I, I blame think NCL Reggie, completely. Reggie's executing a marketing strategy that I think he had to, he was dealt, he was dealt a bunch of cards and he's like, well, these cards are kind of shitty, but I got to sell it. Yeah. Um, and that's why they'll see him do stuff like say like, oh, you know, Metacritic fucking loved 3D World because he's not going to go there and be like, it sold great because it didn't. Right. But if you notice that he he did in the VGX thing, and this this kind of foretold me that Wii U wasn't looking too great. Um, whenever they were talking about uh, uh, Super Mario 3D World at the, the, you know, everyone hated it, the VGX, uh, Spike TV, you know, video game, whatever the hell it is. Reggie was on showing off Cranky Kong. Yeah. But... But he did make the comment that Super Mario 3D World met their expectations. Um, I don't know why this nine million number was uh, was thrown about. Maybe it was just a lofty goal to kind of hope for. Yeah. Um, but I don't think any of this information that we're getting as far as sales is really that surprising. But I mean, when you look at, I think as dumb as like the pitch commercials are for Wii U. I think that's some of the best marketing that they've attempted to do in a very long well, time. I think it, so. It's marketing, period. The yeah. first time I've seen Wii U commercials. Yeah, well, I mean, it, they they had ones last year, but it was just like that weird cube thing when they're like, check it out, you can play off the TV and there's fucking Mario and shit and you can play on this <laughs> gamepad thing. Um, and right, with really, all the that never all that, like, like the rooms. Yeah, yeah it looks like the, the, the title sequence from the Brady Bunch, basically. Yeah. And, then, and then they didn't really have any commercials for a while because they didn't really have anything to pimp. So yep. you're going to be like, hey, guys, true. get all these game that's coming out on the system. This <laughs> yeah, I actually think these new commercials are, are fairly effective. I mean, it says to me everything you need to say in 30 seconds that, you know, it's it's not just the Wii. It's an upgrade HD. It's got these games. And I mean, basically, that's it. They get in and out and they say what they need to say. And and I mean, I get um, what Nintendo was doing with uh when they released 3D World and Zelda on November 22nd. And if you looked even, uh, I mean... People might might not be paying attention to this as much, but I sure should do because it's relevant to what I'm doing here. Uh, the review embargoes for Zelda and Super Mario 3D World were pretty much in in line with when the PS4 embargoes went up and when the Xbox One embargoes oh, yeah. went up. Oh, yeah, that was very much deliberate, or at least you know an educated guess as to when those embargoes were going to wind up. Um, and I think they they made this gamble on kind of counter programming to an extent, and I think it fucking failed. At least for the Wii U, I think the 3D 3DS is doing fine. Um, yeah, they said that. Uh, I mean, Zelda, including the special edition Zelda 3DS XL units, um, they hit uh, over four hundred thousand for Zelda in uh, you know ten days. Which wow, okay, is that is that like you know blazing up the charts and everything? But it's totally fine. Um, not hurting anything. That's uh, they they sold a bunch of those Zelda 3DS XLs, and I think that's part of the problem too. Is that I mean with there's just not a lot of games on Wii U. There's not. No. And I know P- there are really good games on Wii U, but there's just not a lot there. Like the GameCube and the N64. Yeah. Except for those, I don't know. That, those were dire but, times, but at least they sold. <laughs> but yeah. you see, like, even, even, I mean, but the PS4 and the 
and the uh, Xbox One, I mean, pretty much have nothing. I mean, have probably yeah, worse launch true. lineups than yeah. the Wii U. They, but but suckers like reviews. you, Scott, where you bought one at launch and you played 3D World for three weeks. Yep, it's true. Yeah, I, I've played more time in three in just 3D World than I have doing the totality of stuff I've done on the PS4 easily. I mean, probably twice twice the amount of time in 3D World than anything I've done on PS4. Yeah. Um, but that that shows you the brand and name strength of Sony and Microsoft right now compared to Nintendo and where yeah. Nintendo used to be. I mean, like we're saying, like you had the Nintendo 64 come out and, and sure you had like this Hallmark game launch immediately, which is, which is great. But I mean, the N64 had such a strong launch uh, and probably a, a strong couple of years after that, because that name still really meant something, but it is, it has yeah. steadily gone down yeah. and it's to the point now where, yeah, I mean, you, they just can't rely on, name alone well did I mean, you, a lot you read emily rogers article about uh how nintendo's been relying on mario too much i i, I don't think i read all of it i think i, I skimmed most of it um maybe it was I, read good. All of it. I don't know um i don't know i have a, i don't think adding in fucking 1080 snowboarding is gonna save the day um no and, but her, I mean, her point was her point was during the gamecube years iwata said well, we've reached a point where you can't just rely on one series, one franchise, one game to sell a console. And now now he's been quoted as saying, we're just looking for that one game. We know that mm-hmm. this one game can get the, turn things around. Yeah. No, I mean, and I think that's a, that is a very short-sighted way of thinking. But I, think, I don't think the over-reliance on Mario is a problem because, I mean, look at, look at, Look at the money. <laughs> Follow the money. Mario games, okay, 3D World's not doing too hot, but pretty much every other Mario game sells very well. Well, maybe there, maybe we've reached kind of a saturation point with Mario. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, 3D World is, what, like the sixth Mario game in seven years or something? Yeah. At least, like, you know, kind of like mainline. Right. What's unfortunate is that this wasn't a launch game. If, I don't if, think it could have been. Maybe not. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying it was ready or anything. But just imagine if 3D World was the Mario game we got oh, with yeah. the Wii U launch. I mean, that it would be much different than. Well, you got a 2D Mario imagine game. If and sure, 3D it's... World didn't come out in the middle of two huge, massive console launches. Right. Uh, yeah. And maybe that's right there is another sign of Nintendo sort of maybe overestimating uh, their own brand and, and the and Mario as as a brand as well. I mean, and I'll even uh, I was talking about this. Uh... I think I think staffer Alex Kulafi on Twitter uh, made a good point when, I mean, he's, I don't think he's necessarily been super, no, I guess he has been kind of down on Link Between Worlds and 3D World. Um, and I enjoyed both of those games. I fucking love Link Between Worlds. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's good. But a lot of Nintendo games lately have been kind of, I don't know, stagnant. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Pikmin 3, a fantastic game. Doesn't really offer anything new other than a refinement on the Pikmin formula. New Super Mario yeah. Brothers U, even 3D World. It's really creative and stuff, but it's just fucking 3D land with New Super Mario Brothers Wii multiplayer. Right. And, like, it's, I mean, it's a great game, but, like, it's it's nothing new, and that's what a lot of their franchises have gone. Like, I'm looking at a game like Donkey Kong Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, and, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'll play it, but, I mean, it's, I keep on looking at it, and I'm like, okay, Frankie Kong looks like he's, like, Scrooge McDuck pretty cool only in multiplayer well no 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 it's um like you know how in donkey kong country returns like diddy would jump on your back yeah how it works oh and you can switch between the kongs and levels all right but but, i mean but it is like 
you know, that, that game's going to be fun and I'll get it, but I can't say I'm like chomping at the bit because it's something that there's nothing really that innovative about it. There's nothing right. that interesting. It's just a, another Donkey Kong Country game, which is which is cool, but I don't think people are going to buy the system for that. Bring no, I don't think the people who own the system are going to drop everything to go buy that game. You know, I was thinking the other day about this, um, and I... I Kind of thinking to myself that it's unfortunate that Nintendo hasn't tried to cash on cash in really on two super popular genres as as they were popular. I, I think of like the PlayStation, the N sixty four, and how Final Fantasy seven blew up, and how like PlayStation became the home of all these crazy JRPGs that I think I think really defined that generation. Oh yeah. And Nintendo didn't have any of that, and I, I mean I just think like what if they had tried to make a make a, a first party uh, Scott, role playing game? You're forgetting Quest sixty four. No, I'm not forgetting oh, man. it. Well, I am forgetting I was it, but by choice. About Quest 64 with someone at work a couple weeks ago, and holy shit, that game was terrible. But like, <laughs> yeah. who else was in that situation as I was, where I didn't really know any better, and I just really wanted an RPG, so I played the yep. shit out of Quest 64. Yep, me too, me too. I didn't uh, have a PlayStation yeah, yet. Yeah, it, so it was that's, only that's like years later, like after my brother got a PlayStation, and then I would, uh, I would either like rent or buy RPGs really cheaply, and then I was playing them, I'm like, was wrong with me yep it was just i didn't but know any better and i was hungry. i was thinking too how in this past generation they kind of missed the boat on uh first person shooters um i mean with the popularity of like call of duty and halo and i mean it like like microsoft and sony each have their successful first person shooter franchise and nintendo doesn't doesn't have that well, and sure i mean it's, it's probably of, that has yeah been but that, i mean that's like for seven years Right, and it's more adventure than you know. It's not. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a shooter by any it's means. It's not an and online so, multiplayer I think the new Goldeneye was about as shooty shooty as it got. That was a pretty yeah. Good game. Maybe maybe that was oh, an yeah. attempt. I'm not sure, but of course, then it released on, on the Wii, so yeah. it just didn't it graphically. So it, that doesn't really. I think that Goldeneye that, game that did really in. well, though. It's a really good game. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't do bad. It is good. I actually really like that game. Yeah. It had online multiplayer. I think it was the best first-person shooter on Wii. I, I, I yeah. don't really count Metroid Prime Three as a first-person shooter, which yeah. I guess I guess answers your my, me bringing it up and then you rejecting it. I agree with you because I didn't count yeah. it as a first-person shooter. <laughs> so it's just like you've got these two. I, I think the two genres that that define two different generations, and Nintendo didn't really capitalize on either of them. I think that's. Yeah. I mean, people want these experiences, so they go other places to get them. I mean, sure, you can come back and you can play Mario. And Donkey Kong and everything, but it's I mean, I, I think, of, I, yeah, and I think of like the Nintendo and Super Nintendo days, and I mean, the franchises that we love are also different between Mario and Zelda and uh, Metroid and these things, and it was because Nintendo was sort of like dipping into all these different genres and and styles and, and was doing a lot of different things, and now as we've expanded and we have new genres and subgenres, Nintendo hasn't really done that. I mean, Pikmin to me is probably the last real like let's try something new, and they kind of tried to do like a real time strategy game. Um, but there hasn't and been much and of it's that. aces and I mean but there's also certain games that Nintendo's the only people that can really do it right I mean look at a game like Smash Brothers um, sure Sony tried that and it was fucking terrible yep um, oh yeah no or, I agree well I guess Zelda Darksiders replicated that shit pretty well oh yeah um, and then um, yeah I mean platformers Heck, I'd say Darksiders 1 and 2 are in terms of world exploration and dungeon design better than the last few Zeldas I'll still I'll still fight a dude over Skyward Sword. I really like Skyward Sword. I really I really adored Skyward Sword. I really yeah. like Hyrule Historia. I mean it, that <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah. Um <laughs> and I appreciate all the art from Skyward Sword. 
Yeah, but uh, I've, I wouldn't say I was delusional over the past year. They're like, oh, the Wii U will turn around. But there was a part of me that was thinking, I'm like, well, I mean, looking at how the Wii U did, and I guess the PS4 and the Xbox One probably won't do as well. And, you know, hopefully the Wii U will have an upturn when more games come out. And that didn't happen at all. Nope. Pretty much everything. I wonder if I wonder if instead of focusing on developing Super Mario 3D World, what if they had pushed Mario Kart to the center stage of development, and it had come out this year or even this holiday? I think that would have sold infinitely better. You know, Actually, honestly, yeah, I think yeah, I think, would have. You think, I see. I th- I th- it would have sold better than than 3D World probably, but I don't know that it would have pushed systems. I think it is better to save that till sort of the. Um, and all of a sudden, like, kind of hub up about these new consoles dies down a little bit, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you have this great Wii U game come out uh, that you know drives people because it, it could get lost and all that, or at least you know. closer to the Wii's launch. I, I think the I think Mario Kart Wii sold systems. Well, kind of what we've established here is anything worthwhile at or right, shortly yeah, after sure, launch would have, would have been great. <laughs> I just wonder why they didn't focus on a, a Mario Kart game. I mean, I feel like I like I feel like the the first great Wii U games came out at launch and then now the next batch of great Wii U, well, a great Wii U game came out now and they're yeah. just like decent I mean, to like pretty good stuff in between and, but and, and not much of it. You know what's really depressing? Remember, I think it was around it was yeah, it was like last year. You started hearing all these indie developers being like, "Oh, they they got their Wii U development access." Um, we're going to have, you know, we had those five awesome, fantastic indie games. Well, okay, Chase Carroll was pretty shitty. We had four great Wii U indie games um, yeah. on the eShop day one, and that was awesome. And since then, what is it, like maybe 10, 10 good games? Nothing. Usually that later even, than other Even systems. WayForward just ported Mighty Switch Force 2 to the eShop. Well, I mean, it was either that or then it doesn't come out for a long time. Um, I yeah, there was I that. mean, there was confusion because the precedent was set that they had the HD version. Because right. um, I don't know. Uh, wait, I oh, know, Zach, you weren't at E3 this year. <laughs> no. Uh, when we were talking to them at E3, they were t- they were basically talking to us about how they were weighing the options between uh, are they going to take more time to do a, a full HD remake of Mighty Switch Force 2 or just do a straight port. And I think oh. the straight port was what they came to. And honestly, that might have been the best decision because then it got it out yeah, probably sooner. cheaper and probably um, more money. But, I mean, the, the indie game scene on Wii U, I guess maybe it could turn around, but... It's not looking that great. I mean, it took the PS3 the last... a long time to get a good indie scene, though. It's not taking the PS4 that long. <laughs> well, as long as uh, as long as things know. actually come out in Q1 that they say they are. Um, I mean, that's why, like, I'm looking at stuff like what's coming to the Vita and what's coming to the PS4, and Sony is kicking the shit out of Nintendo in the indie. Well, indie already Resogun has more buzz about it than I think any any Wii U indie game yeah. had. I mean, save for maybe Little Inferno, but even that was kind of yeah like a flash in the pan. I mean, I like that's the problem, and it's even extending the 3DS eShop as well. Um, I think the last interesting game to come out on 3DS eShop was Steam World Dig in August. Um, I don't even that's like a, that that's like a four month gap. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I. I I think I side more with you, Zach. Uh, I thought it was, like, I beat it. I thought it was fun, but I didn't understand all the crazy praise. But even still, like, I don't think there's no, regardless of our personal stance, SteamWorld did pretty sizable quality eShop game. Um, And that was in the beginning of August. I can't think of a game that came out then that was a nice original effort. Um, And even on the Wii U eShop, like, there's some parody with, 
like XBLA and PSN, but outside of that, has there really been any really cool Wii U specific indie games in months? No. Um, and I mean, it's just, I don't know if that'll get better because I assumed that when all these indie developers were getting kits at the end of last year and then GDC was ramping up and then talking about how easy it was to bring stuff over, I think that's bullshit. Even the virtual console is drying up already. Yeah. Well, that that never really got <laughs> got wet, I guess. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think that should be the name for this yeah, episode. Getting wet. Never got wet. Yep. Um <laughs> But I mean it just like I went to a GameStop yesterday and I was looking at the Vita PS4 display. And I'm like, uh the PS4 unit for some reason wasn't working, trying to hit the little PlayStation button, nothing fucking happened. It's not the first time that's happened to me on a PS PS4 uh like in store setup weird um anyone else has had that happen to them let me know i don't know if i'm just insane don't know the best <laughs> button uh but then i picked up the vita and i was like i wonder what's on this thing and it's like tear away in a bunch of indie games right? they had runner 2 they had guacamelee Ooh. all these really really good games on demo and i remember they had fucking knit oh yeah knit underground's coming out next week on the wii u shop that's a pretty fun game um I played it on Vita because it was a PS Plus game and it was essentially, you know, free with a $50 subscription. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, like, I mean, Sony's highlighting all these indie games and I don't really see Nintendo doing that that much. They they do kind of a paltry version of that at stuff like PAX, but who's that, who is that marketing to? That's marketing to the fucking people who go to PAX. What are the Nintendo right. Directs? Who do they market to? The fucking people that already care about Nintendo. Yeah, that does generate new stories, but like, I don't think Nintendo Directs do as well as they think they do. Yeah, for me, they're great because I love getting I love getting my uh, you know my Nintendo news directly. And yes, I did the little direct thing right now, um, but I I don't really think it's helping them in the long run. The the saddest direct is going to be in a couple months when Iwata has to fall on his sword. That's going to be the most depressing. A fall on a banana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let's talk about what we've been playing because this is. Man, really I want to see the transition yeah. from Iwata doing Nintendo Directs to his successor because that's going to happen in March, right? <laughs> it's all of a sudden it's just I, like I hope... another dude shows up and they're like, "Who the fuck are you?" And it just like that's what I'm saying. Like, there, there's going to have to be a handoff. Like, there's going to have to be like they can't just have this guy come in. I mean, Iwata has established himself on these directs. He's going to have to say like yeah. goodbye and welcome this other guy. I hope they just do like a full on regeneration, like in Doctor Who. I mean, I. I'm kind of getting to be of the mind. I'm not 100% there yet. I would say I'm like 85% there that like Iwata's fucked and 2014 will be the last year he he spends as Nintendo president and he won't make it to the end of the year. Um, whoever they would bring in after him, I think it would be fucking destructive end of days insanity because I think it would involve going to iOS and Android. I think it would involve Ugh. expanding stuff and I don't know if I want a Nintendo like that. I think... I think shit would change to be even worse than it is now, at least from a creative standpoint. It might the mm-hmm. company might be more profitable, but I think honestly, like this this fucking sucks. The day Super Mario World is put on iOS is the day Nintendo dies. <laughs> well, not really. It's probably the day Nintendo thrives. It's the, it's the day the Nintendo of your the Nintendo in your your mind dies. Oh, yeah, maybe, yes, but exactly. it's probably their saving grace. I, honestly, I, I think the day that that happens is the day when I stop doing anything with this site. I'm just like fuck, fuck, the, fuck it. The day before that happens is the day I buy some shares in Nintendo. <laughs> that shit's gonna swell. 
Yeah, that's that's why that's why I'm leaving. A, that's a better episode title. Just gonna swell. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to pull from. Mike's got his uh, work cut out for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know, but I agree. I think there's gonna be there's gonna have to be some radical changes. And and I know people don't want to see Nintendo release things on on other platforms that they don't own. And I understand that. But I mean, at some point, it becomes a conversation between like, well, what's more important, sort of the legacy, like our our brand's legacy, or the future, you know, and, and, and making yeah. money. Uh, and shareholders, I don't think, are going to care as much about legacy. Yep. Um, so I think that's that's the way it's going to go. football team from Portland. The Portland Lumberjacks. I'm playing Madden NFL 13, or no, Madden NFL 25. Um, Ooh, which did not come to Wii team? U. Because fuck EA Sports. However, I did buy Madden for like 25 bucks at a Razor off of Amazon. So, <laughs> waited for a sale. Um, now I'm weak. I realize that I'm full of shit. <laughs> um, but I, I really like playing Madden, man. Um, but you can, I don't so you can relocate a team this year, which would have been a great feature to have on Wii U. Um, so I took the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they've been doing better lately, but still like dregs of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Simulated mm-hmm. an entire year. However, in the new way that they have the, the franchise mode set up, you have to simulate game by game, which is fucking annoying. So I went on the <laughs> internet, was checking Twitter, and would hit simulate week, and then turn around like two minutes later, simulate the next week. So I made it to the end of the year. Um, signed every Packer player in free agency that I could. Um, and then in the draft, I took a, uh, a, a running back. I believe he was from, I think he was from Nebraska, and his name was Lincoln Holmes. Um, and he, uh, he ran for like 250 yards when we made it to the Super Bowl. Um, so that was cool. And then I got uh, in the fifth round, which is a steal, was this, uh, this speedy quarterback named Rod Gonzalez. Um, he was rookie of the year, um, so that was cool. And uh, the Portland Lumberjacks, um, you know, playing against the Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee Titans, and Houston Texans, all teams that are very close by. Um, they, uh, you know, had a good regular season and uh, won the Super Bowl. Number one seed um, in the uh, the AFC. Real, uh, wow. real turnaround. What was, the, what was the matchup in the Super Bowl? Uh, the NFC, I don't think it was. I'm trying to remember, because this, this was a couple days ago. Um. Shit, I do not remember. I think it was the, I think it was the Niners. Mm. Um, but it was a, you know, a good match. 
the running back uh he did uh he ran for like 150 yards in like two and a half quarters and then got injured and didn't come back for the rest of the game he like broke his leg <laughs> but the best part is that he still was the super bowl mvp so even though he broke his leg he's like they like, have like the animation at the end and like you see the dudes out there accepting the trophy i'm like why aren't you on crutches <laughs> that would have been awesome if they'd gone through the extra effort to actually yeah. put him on crutches all the faces to are so in. fucking janky on madden now it's really always funny. always it's like it's like it's laughable and it's he's even looking at like I, I have been looking at, uh, at PS4 videos of Madden, and even that looks like shit. I was just going to ask, yeah. Um, which, I'll be completely honest, once again, uh, yeah, find that find that quote of me saying that I won't buy Madden. If I get a PS4 soon, I will probably get Madden for PS4. <laughs> <laughs> because then I can play it on my Vita. It's too bad that I don't oh. think it's one of... I, I don't think... Yeah, which is it's such a good feature. Um, but it's too bad. I don't think that's one of those where you can buy it on PS3 and then upgrade for $10. Yeah, I, I, I looked into it. But I was watching the PS4 videos. I'm like, this doesn't really look any better. <laughs> it might even be worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it probably, I, it probably won't like even... Shit. <laughs> it probably won't even be next year that you see a lot of improvement. It's going to be like yeah. when they finally really like revamp the engine ground up for like the new consoles. Next year, we'll probably still be on all the old consoles, and it'll look a little bit better but not much i don't but think. i mean man delivers what i want like it's there's a really like terrible load times um not that that's what i want but like that's just what happens in that <laughs> game but like i get to play football like ai is not total shit and you can tweak the sliders and stuff um and i get to play as eddie lacy and a healthy aaron Rodgers, so that's cool um, your dream come true wow that must be nice i know um, live out fantasies where the Packers are have a winning record this year so far. <laughs> Alternate reality where they're like nine and two and ready to go to the playoffs. Yeah. <sighs> um, I've also been playing a lot of Picross lately on the 3DS. Um, as some of you might know, uh, Lauren, my wife, is a Picross fiend. So mm-hmm. I've wrestled. Uh, well, what happened is I got Picrossy, Picrossy two, and Picrossy three. And didn't play them, and she would play them. And I think on all three of those games, something like 20-25 hours on her behalf each game wow. over the past couple months. And she's finished with all of them now, so I took it upon myself. Now that you know Zelda's done, I don't really have a lot that I, I'm playing on 3DS. So I deleted her files, and then uh, <laughs> I proceeded to beat uh, Picross E1 and E2 to completion. And I, I think I've got about... I think I'm just have the extra mode in Picross E3 to do, and then I'm done that. Um, Damn, Picross is a lot of fun. I can't get behind a Picross game anymore since Picross 3D. Really hard I mean, to pick, go to a normal actually, Picross game. I have been thinking about how I should just play Picross 3D again. I've I f- recently I like great picked decision. it back up. I'm not going to lie. I've yeah, been doing I mean, random it, puzzles. It's I think so I'm good, an addict. Man. It's so good. <laughs> Might be the best game on three on two D uh, on normal DS. <laughs> I think Picross is just like the best game there. ever. Like, there, I'll be ballsy. I said it. Um, kind of thing. What else have I been playing? Uh, Ninja Gaiden three on a 3DS Virtual Console. I'm sorry. No, actually. There's a reason why I wanted to bring this one up. I've been playing other shit too, but this is the last one that I'll focus on. Um, Ninja Gaiden Three actually isn't that bad of a game. I always thought that it was kind of this redheaded stepchild, and like it's not as good as one and two, but it's still a really good game. Um, I don't really think there's any denying that. Um, All right. 
story's really dumb. Like, super dumb. Like, you're fighting bionoids, which are just, like, these weird, like, you know, organic robot creature sort of things. And, like, you kill the, the girl in the beginning, but you don't because there's a clone of you. Um, somehow this fits in between one and two. There's an ancient ship of doom. That's the subtitle of the game. And it really it has this odd sci-fi vibe after, like, two games of, like, Cthulhu nonsense. Um, but it's still, I mean, it still plays as tight as the other ones. It's got some new additions, like you can upgrade your sword, um, in levels. You can get different power-ups that, like, uh, um, I mean, like, increase your sword's range, and you can hang from stuff, so that's cool. Makes me sad that this 2D style of Ninja Gaiden is, is no more, and we won't see it again. If anyone knows of any good indie games that are like this, let me know. I would totally play it. Play Hagelman 3. I never, I never got that far in Retro Game Challenge. Oh, it's so good. It is a Ninja Gaiden game. Yeah, maybe I'll have to get through that again. It's just, I think I got stuck on the Rally King stuff because fuck Rally King. Oh man, that game blows. And then yeah. there's a, there's a sequel. Yeah, that's what I was. I got to the sequel and I think I put the game down. and Never touched it. Yeah. Again. I don't blame you. Um. So yeah, what, what have you guys been playing? Oh, go first, Scott. Oh well, thank you. Um, so I've been playing two things pretty much nonstop. Um, the first of which is Super Mario 3D World, um, which has been talked about a lot on this podcast. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I, I actually haven't gotten a chance to talk about it at all. Um, and I really adore it. My wife and I played it now to completion. Uh, just last night finally beat the, the very last unlockable level. Um, which is so crazy fucking hard. Um, Neil, did you, did you get through all of that? I'm all the bonus finding stuff? it hard to go back through everything and get green stars and stamps. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm at that point where I'm just kind of like, I've, I've played every level that I can, except for like, I guess, is it just one level that you get for getting everything? Wait, like when you get all the green stars and stamps and everything? Yeah. yeah. So I guess to everyone who doesn't know, yeah, you have to collect every single green star, every single stamp, and you have to hit the top of the flagpole in every level. So like 3D um, land, you get one yeah. really hard level. Yeah, well, you get three really hard levels. Oh, um, okay. So it's three levels but, but, unlock after you get that. But 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 it's one of each kind of level. So you've got one really hard um, toad level. Um, you know, like the ones where you're controlling the toad who can't jump, the explorer oh, okay. toad. Um, you've got one really hard mystery dungeon or mystery oh, house. Yeah, mystery house. Where it combines every single mystery house you've already done. Oh wow! And, and puts them all together. So it's like and a so, fifty yeah. level thing. Yep. That's, yeah. That's pretty it's, cool. It's like. I think it's like 30-something by the time you get through it. But yeah, it, it's everything um, all slammed together with no like no power-ups. I mean, some that if the like if that 10-second room is dependent on a power-up, they give it to you, but there's no like breaks in between or like, yeah, or anything like that. You just yeah. have to do it all. And then one final like badass, just super hard level. Um, sort of like the last crazy. one in 3D Land. Yeah, exactly. That pretty much combines like everything you've you've done, and and it, yeah, it was super super hard. I mean, the way I look at it is that I'll probably go back into that game like I did 3D Land, where 3D Land I you know beat every level that I could, and then I just got to a point where, well, I think I might have gotten almost all of the 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 coins in that one, but mm-hmm. then I had to beat everything again as Luigi, and yeah. I didn't really feel like doing that. Eventually, I did. It was actually when I was visiting Zach, so the August after it came out, uh-huh. I went through and and you know beat the game. Um, cause I guess I was, I was so bored in Alaska cause what the fuck else do you do other than play video games? <laughs> I know, that's, I know. <laughs> that's pretty much it. 
Um, but I, I have a feeling I'll probably do that with 3D World in uh, in May when the Wii U's dead. Um, <laughs> to 3D World and finish it. Uh, that's there depressing because it's not a joke. That'll be how you. That'll be how you eulogize it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, I really love 3D World. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. a really, really fun game. But I'm just. I've pretty much seen everything that you can see without getting to the last three stages. And every yeah. time I play it with friends, we basically get through like two or three levels and then they get frustrated and we stop playing. Yeah. I, I haven't played with more than just my wife and I, which I two people in any of these games usually to me is like the perfect amount. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been like completely it's, hooked on it. It's and... wildly inconsistent for me as far as like yeah. people that enjoy it or not. There's some people that I thought would like it and they fucking hated it. And there's other people that I'm like, oh, they probably won't get into it, and then we have a blast. Like, it's just like, yeah. I, usually, like, when I go to these multiplayer games, I can usually predict out of my friends and family, like, who's going to get into this and who won't. Um, mm-hmm. With 3D World, it has been so inconsistent that I, yeah. I don't have any kind of statement to make, except for that it's wildly inconsistent. Yep, that's fair. Yeah, it's got to be. And, I mean, the fact that it's 3D instead of 2D is obviously going to be a hurdle for maybe some of the casual people you might normally be able to play a Mario game with. Uh, like this so um but yeah i i i really adore it i'm tempted do you have you guys heard about how you get the final last five stamps isn't that by nope. fucking beating the level and getting to the top of the flagpole with all the characters yeah is yeah, that well i don't know that. if you i don't i don't know fuck if you have to get to that. the top of the flagpole with every character but yeah you have to beat every level That's with every character oh, so it's like that. yeah well you don't i mean it's up to you i mean it's just a stamp you don't have to do it but i like that that option's there that it gives you even more like Okay, so so it's just it's just a stamp at the end. Yeah, exactly. You don't need okay, those that's, last that's five totally stamps. Fine. Yeah, you don't need those last five stamps to like unlock that final world. But it's just the last five little things that you I can get if you choose I will to. Never do that. Once you un- once you unlock the final uh, world, then every level has five boxes under it, and it will show you who you've beaten uh... the, the level with. So you can see who you, and then you can see like in the, uh, when you go to the menu to check like your green stars, it'll show you there too. So then, then you can like see what you have left to do with each character. That's, that's actually, me, that's a nice thing. Exactly. I don't think it's bad. Like if you want to be that completionist, which I've already seen people post on Meverse with those stamps and it makes me so mad. Stupid little kids with all that time. I want to do it so bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, Just so like, I think there's, do it. she can play yeah, games, right? right? She's like almost well, two. Yeah, she's ready. Well, my wife and I, so we can get through two people at a time. So it's like. There's a couple levels that, like, I would switch away from Mario, who I normally played as, like, to get maybe a specific green star that you needed, like, with a certain Dude, character. So Toad's it, so overpowered. Yeah, so there's not there's not many uh, Mario levels I need to play again. Um, but I didn't play at all as Peach or Toad, so, like, I'd have to play through the entire game again, basically, to get to get all the stamps. And then all, and then all of them is Rosalina, obviously, yeah. so... Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I really like it. I, I love all the post game content. I mean, there's what in the end, there's four worlds then of, of extra levels after you beat the game. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Like I kept on being yeah. surprised. I was like, I guess this is it. And then I'd get to the end of it and it would open up an entire new world. I'm like, what? Right. Holy shit. And it gets insanely hard. Yeah. Although um, it does get to that point, like a uh, 3d world did where you're like, Oh, I've played this level. It's just harder. Right. They remix it. Yeah. yeah maybe it's just totally it's, fine. I mean, when you get yeah. like, I, I feel like they, they earned enough goodwill throughout the rest of that game that they can do that at that point. Yep, I agree. And usually, the, it's it's the way they change it makes it different enough that it, that it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not like other 3D games where it's like it's the same level, but now there's like a clone of you chasing after you who will kill you if he touches you, kind of thing. You know, usually it's other it's other stuff besides that kind of thing. So, yep. um, yeah, but I I love that game. Um, and then so what I've 
also been playing when not playing that with my wife is um Persona Four. Oh, on the yeah, Vita. I forgot that you were playing that. I you played it on PS2 though, right? Yeah, I did. Well, technically, I played it on my backwards compatible PS3. Yeah, okay. But yeah, oh, I did play the original you the release. Backwards compatible PS3. How's your PS4 <laughs> playing PS3 games, dick? Is it a straight <laughs> port? Uh, yeah, but I mean, with like some extra added content and stuff, and it looks better and is okay. in widescreen, which is nice. Um, I still own PS2 that game and haven't wasn't. opened it at all. It's so it's good. Just, it's it is so, so daunting. good. <laughs> just, just, just start it, and you'll be surprised with how easily yeah. it sucks you in. I, I have a feeling, um, I'm looking at this whole thing where I, I might not have a job in January. That seems like the perfect time. This is the perfect, persona. yeah. <laughs> the perfect time to get into exactly. a whole other life. Should, we should, we'll do the Persona 4, uh, we'll do a Persona 4 Endurance run. No one on the internet's done Oh my god. Right? Do it. Um, um, but yeah, it's just so fantastic. I, I played about 60 hours of the original and then just like stuff what? came up and I know, ne- yeah, and I never finished it. That's not even finishing it. No, no, I, mean, I, played pers- like, I played a lot of Persona 3 and I never finished that. Either. Yeah, I mean, Persona 4, I mean, really, you're looking at, at, at least like 80 or 90 hours. Oh my god. Um, I probably like, I, I probably failed a paper because of Persona 3. Like, there was just, like, a month where I just played the shit out of that game. Yeah. And then I think I got to it. Like, I think what it was is that, like, because I was in college and I got, like, a grade back. I was like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I I need to ship up or shape out. Yeah, so you being jobless will be the perfect time, (laughs) as long as it doesn't take away from you, like, looking for a new job. But besides that, yeah, you'll be set. Um but yeah, it's just, it's just so fantastic. And I, same as you, I was like, I've already played so much of this game, and I, I bought it because it was on sale, and I was like, I don't know when I'll actually be willing to like make that jump and get back into it. And then as soon as I did, like I was hooked. I mean, I started it this weekend on Friday. What's today? Thursday, and I've already put about thirteen hours in. Wow. Um, and I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna keep pushing through it till I beat. It. I really want to have completed it, but. I mean, what I love so much about this game, and Persona 3 does it too, but I really feel like 4 kind of refines the the whole formula, is it's like half hardcore, you know, JRPG, where you're going through dungeons and equipping things and leveling up and all that kind of stuff. And then it's like half like dating sim, where it's like you're in high school and you have to study for for tests and quizzes and you meet people and you kind of choose who you want your friends to be and who you want, you pick your girlfriend and like all this, or boyfriend if you choose, I think. I think you can your guy into dudes um and like yeah so it's just like it's this like dichotomy between like when you're in the like demon world uh the shadow world i think is what they really call it inside the tv where you're fighting and doing all your traditional rpg stuff and then the real world where you're going to school yeah and like maintaining your relationships and you join a club so like maybe you join the basketball team but you also join the drama club and then practices are on the same day so you have to decide which practice you want to go to because uh, each boosts different stats and different relationships it and things way like that. More just like uh, Persona Three, than I guess I thought. Yeah, which I mean, no um, problems here. Persona Three is fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean you know yeah, it, it's the same kind of thing, but it just it it does it all so well. I mean it's uh I, it's so easy to just get really sucked into, and then you you get that thing where you're like, okay, just one more day. Like I'll play one more day. Uh, you know, on the calendar and see what happens. And then, you know, a day, as long as you don't go into dungeons, a day really could last like five minutes between all your school activity and your after school activity. And so it's easy to keep getting that thing. You're like, okay, one more, one more, one more. Um, and yeah, it's just awesome. It's such a good game. Huh. <clears throat> so Neil, play it come yeah. January. No, no, I know. I, I, I might even start it sooner. Um, I mean, I guess just a little aside, I've been playing a lot of soul sacrifice on Vita, um, which is really good. 
uh, it's Monster Hunter-ish, but like more bite-sized. And I mean that that's that's what's been dominating my Vita time right now. After I finished Tear mm. Away, which is also very good. Yeah, that's what I needed to kind of check yeah, out. Yeah, no, I, I mean, think. both of you guys uh, play Tear Away. Uh, huh. You might not like it as much as I did, but like that that game just hit me in all the right spots. Um, but it's it's, it's fantastic. Uh, so Zach, Hi. what do you have? Um, I'll talk about two things. I got uh, Steam World Dig mm. uh, on the day of the eShop update. Yeah, wh- why so were you doing that? Because What's I wanted to test. I wanted to test the shared wallet. So I got a twenty. There was that Best Buy sale. You get a twenty dollar gift yeah, I, card I for that sixteen dollars. So I might, I I might go back again and get more because, like, it's basically like, oh, it's every game next year discount. Yeah, oh god, um, but. Um, I wanted to check that that shared wallet, so it took forever. I finally downloaded it, and yes, hey, the the shared wallet works. Um, And I've been playing SteamWorld Dig off and on over the last five days. It's not great. It's very, like, everybody on Twitter described it as, it's like Metroidvania. And I watched the videos, and they really highlight that. But then when you actually play the game, you're just digging all the time. Yeah, like, I really like like the little dungeons in that. Yeah, the dungeons are what save it. But the rest of the time is just digging, digging to find some jewelry. Dig, 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 find some rocks. Teleport back to the surface. Sell it all. Buy new equipment. Dig, 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 dig. It's just, I I must, I'm going to wear out the B button on this, my 3DS. (laughs) Digging. And at one point, you get a drill. So, then you're drilling forever. And... You know, it's a real pretty great, pretty game. Uh, very, very well. The artist style is good. It's, it's kind of charming. Almost reminds me of Rango. I don't know why. No, um, I get that. It, I mean, yeah. it's also the Western vibe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, it really doesn't use the 3D at all. Um, aside from, you know, words look like they're superimposed over everything else. Uh, but I, I'm going to probably beat it but lord it's it's gonna take some some effort but it was cheap it was like eight dollars so there's that yeah and i kind of wonder like how much of this was the fact that it kind of came out of nowhere and it was a good game yeah uh kind of makes it get out kind of nowhere on nwr actually yeah on the video neil on the on the video preview uh we we are quoted on their video preview. yeah well, yeah, yeah. I think I think Don had been in contact with those guys. Don was all over it. Yeah, yeah. And, and we even did an interview with them a couple months prior. I think Tyler might have led that or something like that. But think, everything they were saying, right. you're like, wow, this this game sounds like it's going to be pretty cool. But because yeah. they were unproven, like I still didn't buy into it until Don was playing it and loved the shit out of it. Um, and I played through it. Although I I ended up beating it in like two days. Um, really? Like five, okay. Five or six hours into it. it it played really, really quickly, and it was it was okay. But like the whole time I'm playing it, yeah, it was it was easy to burn through. But I just I wasn't I wasn't really that impressed. It's not a lot mm-hmm. there. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. very rep- repetitive, and I didn't really enjoy I didn't enjoy the grind or the dig, if you will. Right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep playing that, but I'm not loving it. And then, but the other eShop game that I got that I've gotten back into after kind of putting it down for a while. Is a game I really do enjoy, and that's Senran Kagura. 
oh, and not for the I've reasons been you think. I to hear you talk about this. <laughs> so <laughs> it is like... Okay, so you got these five girls in, in, a, in a school, is the conceit. And they're all shinobi in training. So you pick a girl. You can change at any time, but you pick one of them. I don't even know their names. It's not, not even important. But you, you pick one, and you can level them up and uh, level the, up their um, two different attributes, their yin and their yang attributes, and that will boost their abilities, give them different attacks. And so what I've been doing is, I know this sounds boring, but I enjoy it, picking every girl and grinding through the first two <laughs> yeah, mission, two levels of off. missions. Yeah, just to get rid of that. And um, <laughs> I only have one girl left to do that on. And, um, you know, the, the storyline is that there's this school of evil shinobi, and they even call themselves evil shinobi. Um, <clears throat> and they dress, sl- dress sluttier, sluttier. And uh, sometimes you have to fight them. And they're kind of like the the mini bosses i guess uh but the the gameplay itself is like you'll pick a mission and you'll fight like a hundred dudes you know in a span of time or you have to reach some point or you have to kill a specific dude eventually to, to take something from him uh but they're all the missions are basically variations on kill all these dudes um and you'd think that would get really old, but you get new attacks enough that that you kind of learn to play with it. Like at level 20, everybody gets the ability to chain attacks forever. And that is insanely fun. And <laughs> missions go by like that. Um, like I, I beat a boss one time in like 13 seconds because I just kept chaining attacks. Um, but But before you get that attack, what you're supposed to do is is fight, 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 and then you'll knock somebody in the air, and you real quick press A, and you jump in, follow them, and you hit them in the air, and then you press A again when you get the little green ring, and you do it again and again. That's how you chain attacks in the beginning. Um, And then everybody has a stat boost, which is called Shinobi Mode, uh, and their their stats boost. And then if you want to, you can start each mission without any clothes on except your bikini. So your defense yeah, is like nothing. Yeah, but then like you're super powerful or something? You're super powerful. Um, and it is a nice trade-off. And you have to you have to balance the two to get fully boosted with, with both of your stats. So, and there's even, you know, there's a dress-up. You can choose your outfit for school and for the beach and for, you know, your shinobi mode. And there are accessories like glasses and an eye patch and... You can have a piece of toast. And <laughs> I just uh, unlocked a, co- a rabbit costume and a bear costume. Um, so it's it's a very silly, lighthearted game. <clears throat> and it, it sounds repetitious, and it kind of is, but it's, it's it's the kind of game you can play while you're marathoning Family Feud. <laughs> and Why are you marathoning Family Feud? Is this what unemployment Because Steve Harvey Feud is amazing. It is the best thing on television. I just love that you said that. Like, that's a common thing that many people do. Yeah, you're like, so you're at home at night, and you're watching a week's worth of Family Feud. This is the perfect game for you. You can get enough out of both of them just to know what's going on. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But um, I'm going to max out the last girl tonight, and um, 
uh, and then I'm going to actually continue the story because you don't have to beat every mission in a level to continue the story. But I really like it. I, I think the price is maybe a little too high, but you you are getting two games, and the localization is shockingly good. Is this is this just on eShop? No, it's a, it's no, a physical no, game. It's, too, only it? e-shop. it's just on eShop. Oh, it is only eShop. In That's Japan, what, okay. it was. Uh... I thought yeah. so. There's a whole series of games in Japan. And so, how much is it? Thirty bucks. That's not bad. No, it's no. You're, you're getting yeah. it, it's true. You're I mean, getting it's, two, it's a yeah. retail game just just on the eShop yeah. because it's you know, right. It's like and anything right. anything anything less than forty at this point for 3ds games to me is like oh yeah. that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless still, it's been I'll, out I'll for be, like two I'll years. Be honest, but... Speaking of another uh, retail Japan release that just came to the eShop. Thirty dollars Phoenix Wright is is making me not get it. I think it was twenty. I would have mm. already bought it. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'll go get another one of those Best Buy eShop cards and get well, it for a go. discount. You should go, you go get Edge while you're at it. Well, that's only on Wii U right now. I know right? it is. But oh yeah, it's $2. I can do that. Shared wallets. Phenomenal. Okay, shared wallets, man. I'm yeah, a boy. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, that's another game I've been playing, but I won't talk about. It. It's just really fun. Cool. Is that? And that's, no, no. I I, I wish you now reviewed, that right. Uh huh. I gave it like an eight or a nine. Are you gonna get the new one that came out today? Um, uh, Rift. Rush. I don't uh, rush. I don't really know what it is. Uh, I mean, well, it's like the Rubik's. It had the Rubik's Cube license when it first came. Yeah, out. Yeah, Rubik's Cube makes my brain hurt. But I think it's another <laughs> like cube puzzle game. Yeah, like it is that. a cube puzzle game. But but I'm gonna be, dude. I'm gonna be in Hawaii for two weeks, so I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, play some Picross. Yeah, that's what I do. I would. That's what I'm gonna. I'm packing it, dude. Yeah, it's already packed. I, this might be the night I start replaying Picross 3D. We can talk about it on the morning show when we both don't have jobs in January. Amen. Um, <laughs> Look forward to Connectivity Morning yeah. where Zach and Neil do live uh, yeah, yeah, live broadcasts okay. on I Twitch. Mean, this is the kind of thing that like, maybe you don't want to hope for, but <laughs> the more I think about it, uh, knowing knowing Zach's um, unemployment and my pending unemployment, um, if in the beginning of January, if we both don't have jobs... I'm thinking we should just do a live show every day. Because why <laughs> That's the, the live not? connectivity that we promised back yeah, on the yeah, live it'll show, just be yeah. depressed Zach and depressed <laughs> Neil talking about like, did you look for Jack? Did you go on an interview today? No. I, I want the cover art to be like both of you in just like robes, yeah. like with just like a cup of coffee and like five o'clock shadows. And just, yeah, just looking terrible. The clock says noon or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah. well, for me it would be because I don't think you're getting up at like five in the morning to record with no. me. <laughs> yeah that's true uh, yeah so if you think that'd be fun um i guess sabotage all of our job interviews there you go <laughs> Perfect. Dick. zach and neil in the morning yeah. <laughs> i would support this yeah um, but <laughs> maybe that'll happen it. who knows let's be optimistic right. and say no it won't what? but <laughs> So I think that's going to do it. Uh, thank you for joining us for depressing sales talk and then a whole lot of uh, games that I guess mostly run Nintendo platforms. So you know what I forgot thing. to mention, Scott? Senran Kagura has really big-breasted women. <laughs> and damn bouncy. And bouncy. So there you go. God, I, I wish that could be like on the uh, on a little eShop like, display Description. for it. <laughs> Yeah, like that could be like yeah, that that would be the poll quote from Nintendo World Report. Damn bouncy, Zach <laughs> <laughs> Miller, Nintendo World Report. I'd like that. Might just Photoshop that just for the fun of there it. There you go, <laughs> spreading that around. 
Uh, so Zach, Neil, thank you for being here as always. Neil, thanks for coming out of like semi-retirement. Join us. If you have thoughts about Nintendo's future, uh, be sure to email us connectivity at Nintendo I think next week, uh, Alex is actually working on a segment all about the future of the Wii U or maybe Nintendo oh, specifically. God. Uh, so if you've got kind of thoughts or questions, <laughs> send them be the in. the most depressing segment ever. <laughs> well, especially Alex hosting it, because he's already down on Nintendo in general. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what he puts together. Yeah, he, he, should, he, should, oh, he should get Austin from uh, Nintendo Free Radio I was on really, there. You know, just... I was carrying the positive, yeah, right? <laughs> positive hope for a long time. And I think it was, it was back, uh, what was it, mid-October, when they released, like, their first half of the fiscal year sales. That's when I looked at that and was just like, this shit's fucked. Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. there, there isn't. I mean, they they might rebound and do under no, GameCube sales even, no, after stop this. Saying that, but like this, this isn't going to get much better. Like this is it. There's. It's no like you said, back. Nintendo's Nintendo's got enough in the coffers that that they're going to be fine. This doesn't strike me as the end of like Nintendo or Nintendo in the console market. What it does strike me as is is maybe the end of a, a sooner end to the Wii U than maybe we this, had. Uh, shit's gonna go down. Uh, I don't know yeah. what exactly that will be. Um, it's kind if, of if, like it reminds me of last year when Nintendo was talking about how they're going to reveal a new 3D Mario D3. And people were talking about like, oh, what is it going to be? Is it going to be like Galaxy 3 or like a new like new version of whatever? And I'm just like, I just hope it's something that will blow me away. And at E3, Super Mario 3D World did not blow me away. Um, no. So that's what I'm going into next year, that Nintendo is going to have to do something. Change shit up, and I hope Nintendo it will blow Land me away. Two, and I'm not really that optimistic Road. that it's going to blow me away. I think it's going to be really, it's, it's going to be a bummer. Um, yep. But yeah, if nothing maybe, else, within the... maybe next week to counterbalance it, we should do uh, uh, something on why the 3DS is so fucking great. There you go. Yeah, just our favorite Nintendo yeah. memories from when we were kids and everything was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because the 3DS still is great. No, 3DS is fantastic. 3DS plays Pikmin, Picross 3D. Yeah, well, granted, I don't think the 3DS, I don't think it's possible for the 3DS to be any better than it is right now as far as, like, the year 2013 for the 3DS was incredible. Um, Yeah. But that just means it's going to be like, oh, yeah, 2014 is really good. It's just not as good as, like, the best year for a system ever. Yeah. You You know what I want more than anything is I want the 3DS's library on the hardware of the Vita. Ooh. Yeah, I love I love playing the Vita. Like I, I mean, I I enjoy the 3DS, but this thing just feels so slick. I've only had it for a few months now, the and touch I just screen on the Vita is so uh, good. Like, it's oh, so man. good, and like just all the, I mean, the how seamlessly it's attached to the PS4 and your friends list. And I know they just did you know the Nintendo Network ID, but you still don't even have Universal Friends List between the two damn things. And I mean, it's just, it's so nice. It really feels like an extension, like. Of of the PlayStation Four, and it I, feels like it's part of the same family. I and, was super um, angry that my 2DS couldn't connect to my Nintendo ID. Oh yeah, because you've got the two handhelds. Yeah, yeah. just one. It pissed me off. Yeah, what do you even have on your 2DS? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I played <laughs> Zelda on it. So yeah, that that's I yeah, but but obviously the 3DS hard uh, library is just fantastic, and it did have a great year. So. Um, that's just something I think about the more and more I play the Vita and just like fall in love with all of it. People are going to hate us. What's that? <laughs> We're just like, 
man, Wii U's fucked, and guess what? Vita's better than 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quote me. You'll be quote great me. playing Nintendo games on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Angry Birds Mario yeah, is what oh, I'm looking forward to. Alright, yeah, we're done. I'm done. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to send your listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and if you've got a moment, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Now stay tuned for a bonus segment, Dinosaur Discussion with Zach and Scott. everyone and welcome to this bonus segment of connectivity i'm scott thompson and i'm joined by zach miller hello hello and if i'm joined by zach miller that means more likely than not it's another installment of dino chat what or crazy yeah. sports team names yeah we spent like the first 20 minutes inventing uh yeah dinosaur themed sports names <laughs> which i i came up with the copies being like a really awesome like elementary or middle school football team like a peewee team a bunch of little crazy people running around hell yeah um so yeah we're going to be talking about dinosaurs i think this is what our third maybe fourth one we've think, done now yeah third or fourth yeah i third? think you're right might be third um we've got a couple of questions from some uh some listeners twitter and all that and then uh we've got some actual some some dinosaur news which i don't know is dinosaurs news is dinosaur news frequent it seems weird to say dinosaur news it comes and goes yeah yeah and sometimes some years it'll be all over the place but this year has been fairly quiet yeah dinosaur news and then we've got uh, some dinosaur entertainment also that we're going to talk about for a second um so let's talk about the news first so it sounds like there is a new a new species of dinosaur discovered is, is would that be the correct way to say that zach what that's I, what correct you... yes okay it's uh it's from utah it's called uh shyats um i don't i don't know why i, I forget the etym- <laughs> etymology of the name but it's called shyats and it's a uh, it's not a tyrannosaur. <coughs> have, it, Scott, have you ever heard of Allosaurus? Yeah, I think so. Okay, Allosaurus is like a smaller than T-Rex. It's got three fingers on its hand, and it has little horns in front of its eyes. And it was the most common carnivore in North America during the Jurassic period. Shyats mm-hmm. um, is related to Allosaurus um, in the same way that a... Uh, a, a domestic dog would be related to a wolf. They're two different families, really, mm-hmm. but they're very closely related. So Shyats is, is what we call a, a carcardontosaur, which means a shark-toothed lizard. Because <coughs> they had huge, they're huge. The, some of the largest carnivorous dinosaurs ever found are carcardontosaurs. Um, and they mostly lived in uh, South America and Africa, but we've found a few in North America, and Shyats is, I think, the second one that's that's reasonably well known now. Okay. Um, but the the problem with Shyats, you know, it's about thirty feet long. It's it's not a, an adult yet, so it probably got bigger, um, and it was eventually replaced by Tyrannosaurus. But uh, I have a problem with Shyats. <coughs> It, when it 
when it was announced, there were press releases and news stories, and all the press releases and news stories, especially on the Internet, had a picture alongside the text, of course, because people want to know what it looks like. Was it not an actual picture of it? Well, it was a, It was an artist's, you know, picture of what we think it looked like. Okay. But the the problem is the whole specimen is about nine vertebra, some rib fragments, and half of one side of the pelvis. <laughs> That's not maybe much to go on. <laughs> not You can identify it to the family, mm-hmm. the Carcardontosauridae, but maybe not a whole lot after that. Yeah. And that really angers me whenever – I think it's very irresponsible – when you when you get a very fragmentary fossil, but people want to see what it looks like, and instead of saying, you know, we don't really know yet. You just make something up. You just make it up. And those pictures are just begging to be overturned with any new information. I mean, with some vertebra and half a pelvis, really all you're saying is it has a back and legs. <laughs> you know, so that really quite, rubbed me the wrong way quite the distinction yeah and what probably happens is is these first images that that become popular initially i think these are probably the things that stay in people's minds and yeah, even if if revisions true. come out later it's kind of like we talked about like with um i think it was raptors in the jurassic park films yeah. how their hands shouldn't be like that um kind of like pointed down right um but that's all we think about because it's like the most popular interpretation of it even though it's wrong yeah and there's a lot of resistance to putting feathers on our dinosaurs because people are so used to that scaly Jurassic Park dinosaur mhm so even when i mean that's that's been a theme in paleontology since the beginning is these artistic memes crop up and they stick around forever like it it took until the i mean i'm not kidding until the 1990s for people to stop drawing T-Rex like Godzilla. <laughs> really embarrassing, but but that that train of thought just sticks in your mind. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're absolutely right. People are going to uh I don't think Shyats is is anywhere near important enough or popular enough to be, you know, like T-Rex. Right, right. So nobody's going to care if it's overturned in in next year or 5 years from now, but if it was something like a T-Rex, that would really, you know, it can damage the public perception. Mm-hmm. And it can also kind of damage the public perception of paleontology as a science, saying, well, how the heck do you know that it looks like this when all we've got are some vertebra? Now, the the press releases were pretty careful to walk around that fact. Um, you'd, you'd really have to read the paper itself to kind of, have it smack you in the face and say, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is all the material." All right, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't really address that in the press releases, but I think you're right. I, I really do. Yeah. So that's Shyats. It's a new Carcardontosaur. It lived in Utah. Um, we we don't have a lot more information than that. <laughs> but so it is. It is the biggest like predator. Oh no, it, not it, at all. It's uh, oh no. It belongs to. Uh, so the, based on the estimates, um, the size estimates based on the bones that were found, <coughs> that scales up to about a 30 foot long animal. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's about as big as Allosaurus. Okay. Um, but Carcardontosaurs in, uh, 
South America and Africa get to be 50 feet long oh, okay. Okay. or a little bigger. Um, and Shyats is a subadult, so it could have gotten, I'm not going to say twice as big, but, you know, a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Carcar- uh, Giganotosaurus and Carcardontosaurus are both um, longer than T-Rex. Oh, okay. By about maybe two meters, six feet or so. Oh, so not huge, but mm-hmm. noticeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but T Rex could still kill them both very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So let's move on to some Twitter questions. Um, tweets. Yeah, some tweets. And I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but I can uh, I summarize it well enough. And kind of tied to this, I think a little bit. We had um, I'm pretty sure it was pure evil tweet, mm-hmm. and asked sort of just about like. I guess kind of just how concrete our knowledge of dinosaurs is because he said like it, he feels like since he's been alive like what we've known about dinosaurs and believed to be true has like kind of fluctuated and changed yeah, it's changed so much um that's very true dinosaurs have gone through two i mean paleontology has gone gone through two pretty big revolutions in just the last 30 years or 20 years mm-hmm. um the first one was you know, getting the tails off the ground, lowering the heads. These things weren't Godzilla. Yeah. Made them faster, uh, meaner, warm-blooded. I mean, that was a that was a huge deal. Um, and then the second revolution is just still happening. It's it's these putting feathers on them, and yeah, and um, a lot of people are resistant to that. But a lot of people are resistant to warm-bloodedness and fast, speedy dinosaurs in the beginning too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's right. Uh, the science has changed so much so quickly, uh, and it's a good question. In 20 years, will people look back on today and think, oh, they thought that? That's so quaint. <laughs> um, but but I take comfort in the fact that science is self-correcting, and we know more about these animals now than we ever have. Uh, because we have more fossils and because we have more people working on them and, and re-examining old fossils. And so in 20 years, people might look back at some ideas and say, these, you know, what did they think back then? But you also have, in the in the future, I'm sure they'll understand that, you know, if you take a, a, a picture of the state of knowledge in 2013, maybe that's the best we could do. Mm-hmm. given the knowledge we have at the moment. So um, I think that is actually one of the frustrating things about science for people um, yeah. is that it does self-correct and it is constantly changing. But it's, I believe, and I really do believe that's, that sci- good science is always moving forward towards the truth, mm-hmm. <clears throat> towards a fact-based reality. Right. And I mean, look, in, in the 1800s when when not the 1800s in, in 1901 1902 when they dug t-rex out of the ground nobody had ever seen anything like that um so they just you know went with the knowledge they have had at the time which was this is a big reptile it must not be fast moving mm-hmm. you know it must be cold-blooded and sunned itself and it was a big fat lizard that stood yeah. upright and um things change pretty quickly although mm-hmm. that took like i said that took forever to change right the the characteristics the non-lizard characteristics yeah. i guess 
Although with some fossils like Triceratops has a spectacular fossil record and um, people got like that. I mean, they mm -hmm. had enough Triceratops fossils right from the get-go to pretty well reconstruct Triceratops accurately. And it's it's been it's been being drawn accurately for about a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of funny to kind of draw back to the, the space bonus segment we do too, but for as like up in arms as people are about Pluto not being a planet anymore. Like <laughs> to me, that's like kind of like the one only like thing that's changed, at least, at least to me in, in like the public realm of knowledge to me, yeah. that's the only, only thing I really know that has like changed since I was a kid. So if people were like, as aware or as in tune with like dinosaurs as they are with planets and stuff, I feel like yeah, there'd be a lot of outrage about all these things you're talking about, <laughs> like the feathers and, and yeah, the no uh, more brontosaurus. Yeah, exactly. No yeah, that's like that, yeah, there's dinosaurs, <laughs> Pluto's. Yeah, Pluto's uh, not a planet, and now we have a whole bunch of other things that are like Pluto. Mm -hmm. So we have like half a dozen, what do you call them, near planets or something? Yeah, whatever, whatever term they use to. Describe Pluto now. Johnny, if you're listening, tweet us right now and tell Please us what do. the correct yes, term is. God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there, I think there are some um, uh, astronomical bodies near mm -hmm. planets or whatever you want to call them that are larger than Pluto. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that's nuts to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's I mean, that's another thing that 100 years ago, nobody had any idea. You, you couldn't see those things. You couldn't measure them. So the state of even astronomy changes radically right. from, from one year to the next, maybe. Right. And to your point, I mean, that doesn't discredit it. That just, if exactly. anything, shines a spotlight on the fact that it is evolving. And as we, like you said, gain more knowledge and especially technology, uh, you know, we gain the ability to better analyze and understand these things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just gave a lecture to my wife's... Um, uh, English class a few weeks ago about this very topic about science oh, really? changing and yeah it was a it was a good talk. Did you see that? Um, you must have because I mean it was on Twitter, but that quiz that Grant tweeted you. Oh my god, that was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know how much we get into that here, but if you are on Twitter, uh, find our friend Grant. I think I retweeted it. You can probably find it in my tweet somewhere. But a a great uh, creationist like uh, quiz about quiz. the dinosaurs and. Yeah. It was it was very humorous. Mm -hmm. um, Kid got a hundred percent though, so he's been <laughs> <yeah>. studying. <laughs> that that's probably like the most upsetting part about it. Yeah, exactly. I'm sad. Um, so let's move on to our next round of questions. And I don't really I, I didn't see these questions, so you'll have to um, oh, okay. kind of fill me in here. But this came from from our friend Travis Brody. Travis Brody, good good buddy of the show. Um, mm -hmm. See, he said. Well, the first thing he says is, horned dinosaurs, are any mutants, juveniles, are adults, different species? What's the deal? So, oh man, he touches on some wonderful topics there. Uh, so, uh, horned dinosaurs, like Triceratops, um, looked different when they were little, as you might expect. And... A hundred years ago, they would have given the babies a different species name. Oh, Cause sure. Because they, they had no idea that it yeah. was a baby Triceratops. I mean, you'd think somebody would have thought, well, maybe this is a baby. 
this it little has, it is little one <laughs> little it's got really big eyes you know and yeah. um but uh a hundred years ago they, they in fact there is record of uh a species called brach brachyceratops which is clearly a juvenile <laughs> and in fact the original the people who originally described it knew it was a juvenile um but they had no idea what the adult looked like. Mm-hmm. So it could have been an already described animal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, there are plenty of records of juveniles being named um, and then later being found out to be adults. This happens all the time in duckbills, actually. Um, duckbill dinosaurs, <coughs> there's like a million of them. Um, I can't keep them straight, and besides, they're really boring. Uh but um, there's a whole lot of, of sunken species that were clearly now, now we know clearly juveniles of other duckbills. Um, and that's, it's true in horned dinosaurs too. You have Brachyceratops, Avaceratops are, are both juvenile animals of something else. Uh, now we can make pretty educated guesses about what they are. Um, like Brachyceratops is, is probably a, a Rubasaurus. Um, but we we don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. They're just found in the same place. Um, and Avaceratops might be a juvenile Albertoceratops, but who really knows? Right. Um, so there's not as much of that anymore now. Nowadays, paleontologists have realized that maybe juveniles shouldn't be named. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't see that anymore. Uh, but yeah, for a while there, man, it was it was crazy. I mean, there. <laughs> There were, at one point, 15 species of Triceratops. Um, Just because they were, like, from different, like, uh, different like age points groups. In, in the lifespan. Yeah. yeah, different age groups, different, I mean, just individual variations. Sometimes the description would be like, this species of Triceratops differs from this other species of Triceratops by how large the little triangles around its frill were. <laughs> and you think, oh, that could be any, it could be individual variation. Right. You know, I don't look exactly like you. No. We're both the same species. <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. So, um, and that's another thing we're finding with horned dinosaurs. There is a fair amount of individual variation, which kind of makes, you know, when is it a new species and when is it just kind of a weirdo right. of an and established how can, species. And how can you tell, yeah. How can I mean, you I tell? guess I guess if you find two that have the same, like, defining characteristics then maybe that's when you start to think they're a separate species yeah exactly when you Um, find matches but yeah if you don't find that match then yeah how do you know yeah i just i just today read a a paper about um trying to figure out if uh one called uh anchiceratops is uh it's very close to triceratops anchiceratops is it two species which was originally proposed when they were found or is it one with a lot of individual variation? And this guy mm-hmm. did a ton of measurements on the known skulls, and he plotted them on a graph in a computer and came up with different, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what you call it. <coughs> but he, he, they all clustered together. So he said, well, none of them are really far apart from each other. They're right. probably all the same species. But it did show that they differ individually. Um, as for mutants... You can't really tell without a good sample size. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably tell a mutant Triceratops because there are hundreds of Triceratops skulls. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it is stupidly common. <clears throat> in fact, I think there's one formation in Montana where that's the only dinosaur around. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's either Montana or Alberta. Or it's like that. That's all that they could find. Were it's just the Triceratops. Only dinosaur they've got in whatever like this... formation that was like Triceratops heaven. That's crazy. It's like a huge herd of Triceratops or something. I know, and and you know, you, you think like one in a million animals fossilizes. Yeah. So, you well, know that's what I'm true saying? Too. Yeah. So you got that many in good condition. How yeah. many were there that didn't survive? So in Triceratops, there are actually a few candidates for really weird mutants or sick individuals. There's um, a dinosaur called Nedoceratops that basically looks like Triceratops, except it doesn't have a nose horn. Hmm. And it has a really weird-looking hole in the side of its frill um, that might be an injury. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another another kind called Ojoceratops, which is basically Triceratops with a more rounded frill. Um, and then there's there's a, a potential dwarf called Tatankaceratops, which looks exactly like a tiny little triceratops (laughs) i mean it looks like an adult triceratops but five feet long that's awesome so like a miniature that would have been some rich i'm gonna say caveman i know there weren't cavemen but some rich (laughs) caveman's like pet yeah uh, exactly pet miniature triceratops that he had groomed and carried around in a purse (laughs) that's amazing but yeah that's um those animals are potentially uh mutants or sick individuals Mm -hmm. um or, or dwarfism which would yeah. be spectacular in a dinosaur. How weird would that be? Yeah. Um, but we only know that because we have so many Triceratops skulls that the weirdos really jump out. Right. Um, whereas if you have like 10 skulls of Ankyceratops, well, is that guy a weird looking guy or is he just a variation? Right. So you need a good sample size. Um, and the one more thing I'll say about this, <clears throat> I think I've, I've told people about it already, is that there's a, a theory being kicked around that Triceratops is not an adult yet. The full, uh, the, the classic Triceratops that we imagine is the subadult of another dinosaur called Taurosaurus. And Taurosaurus looks just like Triceratops, but it has a really huge, long frill. It has mm. a, an eight-foot skull when you include oh, wow. the frill. So these paleontologists... Um, Horner and Scanlon said, well, what if Triceratops keeps on growing yeah. and becomes Taurosaurus? And, and there are so many problems with that theory um, that are, I'm, I'm loving it because scientists are testing the theory and they're mm-hmm. finding it doesn't really measure up in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's another question about growth. Could one species, even though it looks like an adult, keep on growing? Well, yeah, with as big as these things get, yeah, like, who's to say when they've gotten as big as they can yeah, get? Yeah, when do they stop? Yeah. Or maybe the Taurosaurus is like a silverback triceratops, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or a lion with a mane. It just gets a really huge frill. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, it's it's a really interesting uh, research topic that's going on right now. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then he had one more question. Yeah, he, he just said, how awesome are ankylosaurs? Oh, how um, awesome are they? It, well, I the more I read about them, the more awesome they are. Uh, you know you know ankylosaurs, right? The big armored di- guys with the clubs on their tail. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. those from when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, so I've been, uh, I don't know why, but I've been reading a lot about them lately. And, um, 
you've probably never seen this. A lot of people probably haven't, but you usually see an ankylosaur from the side, yeah. you know, in pictures. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at that sucker from the top, it looks like a turtle. It's so wide. Yeah. And the tail is, you know, skinny and the head's popping out the other end. And it just looks absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it's so wide, in fact, I just found this out. You know how if you look at uh, the if you look at an animal walking from above, its legs go up and down like twelve o'clock to six o'clock, right? If it's yeah. walking forward? Sure, yeah. Well, it turns out that in ankylosaurs, the the socket, the leg socket is at a diagonal mm-hmm. so that the leg, the back leg swings from about two o'clock sure. to uh, like five seven or o'clock or yeah. seven. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's leg anatomy actually changed because it's so wide. <laughs> it had to be able to get past its giant belly. Sure. Just ridiculous animals. Um, <laughs> and the, they've got that club on their tail and all the armor and they're just, they're really fascinating and I'm, I'm enjoying reading more about them. I always kind of wrote them off. Um, and now is that is that something that's established? All that armor and stuff that that's that, that's not an interpretation by an artist like we've already talked about. I mean, there's there's evidence of that. Oh yeah, the armors. In fact, a lot of times you'll find a very partial skeleton, but a lot of armor. Okay, uh, which makes the, sense that that would survive. Yeah, <clears throat> but a lot of times um, the exact placement of the spikes and the scoots and stuff is mm-hmm. interpretation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there are very few cases, but there are some cases, uh, very few cases where the armor is preserved as it was, Yeah, you know, on the animal. Um, sure. in fact, I can only think of two, uh, Tarkia in Mongolia, I think, and, um, certainly Euoplocephalus in North America. Um, but very rare that you find the, the armor, as they say, in situ. And then is there enough evidence to suggest that they did use their, those tails as, like, weapons oh, or yeah. as defense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, ooh. Um, so the base of the tail on an ankylosaur is the only flexible part of the tail. It's, um, but in the rest of the tail is is very interconnected, fused tail vertebra. Yeah. And then you've like... got this huge-ass club at the end. <laughs> yeah. So it could only, it was like swinging a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And... There's a there's a famous T-Rex skeleton named Sue that's in Chicago, uh, the Chicago Field Museum, and she has a shattered tibia. And it's at just the right height for an ankylosaur club. Oh, okay. So they think that's might would have caused it? Yeah. And, um, uh, in fact, ankylosaurs have the exact same club um, uh, anatomy as a group of, of – mammals much later on um of course called glyptodonts they're those really big uh uh armadillos um that you see in kids books they're they have this huge covering this dome-like covering of armor and -hmm. then they have a huge tail with the same kind of club anatomy with a club at the end and in some of the glyptodonts there are giant fucking spikes coming out of the club (laughs) It's like a mace. So yeah, these animals didn't just they didn't they didn't develop those clubs for fun. Yeah. Um and they might have used them against each other actually. Sure. But uh it's one way to shatter a T Rex's leg. 
I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen Sue, obviously, at the it was it's the field museum. Field right? museum, isn't she yeah. gorgeous? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've yeah, been I've many many field trips there as a kid, and then oh, even yeah. as an adult, I've been there a few times. So. Yeah. I think she's. I, I think she's still the most complete T Rex on record. Oh really? To this day, I believe that's true. I think they found over ninety percent of her skeleton, which is wow. phenomenal for uh, any any dinosaur. And then outside the field museum, they have another. Um, <laughs> they have that big brachiosaur. Yeah, the brachiosaur. Yeah, which yeah. when the Blackhawks are in the playoffs, they put a big Blackhawks jersey on it. Oh really? I, I, sent, I sent you pictures of that. I'm I pretty think sure. I did see that. Yeah, they put a big Blackhawks jersey on it. Yeah, wow. pretty great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, Sue is pretty wonderful. She, she's a good. Yeah. Champion. Um, so to kind of close out, well, we'll end on something a little light here. Cause I just saw a trailer for it, like literally five minutes before we recorded and I didn't know it was a thing, yeah. but, um, my favorite two, uh, JLs are uniting in a movie, uh, John Leguizamo and Justin Long, uh, oh, in, a, in, a, in a dinosaur movie. Uh, what is it? Walking with dinosaurs. Walking with dinosaurs 3D. A, uh, yeah. A Disney animated film, well, not an- computer animated. Computer animated. Is it yeah. Disney? I thought it was Disney. I have no idea. Let me look it up. But yeah, okay. do, do I mean, anytime oh. there's a dinosaur movie announced, you kind of like you pay attention to it, or is oh, yeah. it like I've, okay. I've known about it for a really long time. In fact, they did all the um, photography in Alaska because oh, okay. it's about Alaskan dinosaurs. Um, so, do you remember? I don't know if you remember. It was so long ago. The old Walking with Dinosaurs special. Yeah. Um, so this is. I don't even know why they're. Um, using that name again because the old special was kind of like a nature program. Um, there would be narration, but it would be like, you know, now the T-Rex chases down the Triceratops and eats it. Um, but in this movie, there's the characters talk. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't obviously move their mouths, but it's it's like you can hear what they're thinking. Right. <clears throat> and from the trailers... It sounds like they're saying really goofy things. Like, this is obviously a kid's movie. Yeah. But I'm okay with it because the dinosaurs look so good. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's it's all Alaska dinosaurs. There's The, the main stars are, are big horned dinosaurs called Pachyrhinosaurus. Um, we have a, a new species up here called Pachyrhinosaurus peritorum um, that differs from the, the two species in Canada. Uh and there's a big carnivorous dinosaur called Gorgosaurus, who we actually have no evidence of up here except a few teeth. Um, so it could be any Tyrannosaur, really. But they went with Gorgosaurus. Um, <laughs> and then there's the, those big pterosaurs, those dark pterosaurs, which we have up here. Um, and there's a little bird. I, I, I believe the, the bird has been found, too, but not much of it. Yeah. Just enough to say we had a bird up here. <clears throat> and then they have little raptors called Truodon running around with feathers. With feathers, thank God. And, uh, I mean, it looks, it opens on the 20th. I have a movie poster poster for it. Oh, do you? I do. My boss gave it to me. He knew I was a big fan. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to have to watch it in Hawaii. But Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a nice little... Uh... For you while you're there, then yeah, air conditioned theater. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, a little break from the the sun. But it you're should, right. It's... It should be really fun, it, and and a lot of paleontologists who I know, and artists, paleo artists who I know, worked on the film and and consulted on the animals. So I oh awesome. Aside from the script, which might be a little groan inducing, yeah. Um, 
it's it looks like they're really shooting for accuracy. Yeah, some realism here. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the trailer now, and yeah, the, the dinosaurs do look cool. I mean, yeah, they. I mean, they're a much much improvement from the uh, the Jurassic Park dinosaurs. I would say, yeah, it looks it looks to me much more uh, sort of realistic. I guess. Yeah, or, or what these, even what the like. even the little baby pachyrannosaurs are based on fossils of baby pachyrannosaurs. Yeah. So that's that was exciting to me. Yeah. And, yeah, pretty um, cool. Yeah, I'll I'll be seeing it opening day. Yeah, no, not 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 Disney. It's being released by Fox. So I don't know oh, what okay. studio did like all the animation and stuff then. Yeah, I'm not it's, sure who. I thought it was either DreamWorks or Disney. So if it's not them, then I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Yeah, looks pretty neat. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so I think that will about wrap up another uh, successful Dino chat. I would say. Indeed, indeed. Um, if you out there, the listener, have any dinosaur-related questions that you'd like to ask Zach, uh, you can email them to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, mm-hmm. or you can even just tweet myself or Zach. Zach, you're what, Z Miller? 1902, the year T-Rex 19- was found. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a nice touch. I always kind of wondered what the 1902 was. There you go. <laughs> Makes sense. And then I'm, I'm okay Soda. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter, ask the questions there, email us, whatever you want to do. But hopefully you enjoyed this. Um, Zach, thanks for being here. Of course, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm sure this is a chore for you to talk about this thing you absolutely love. Oh, I know, man, oh man. (laughs) And uh, we will talk to you guys later. See y'all later. Bye.